welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are going there. We're talking relationships with your in-laws and navigating the holidays as a couple and so much more. But in the building, I have my beautiful wife, Slim, as you know, the graphic designer and the chief editor of Real People, Real Talk, joining the show again. Y'all, my bad. It's been a long year. I haven't been on here in a good little minute, but I'm back tonight and I'm excited. And welcome back. And we have some friends with us. And before we introduce them, uh, babe, do you want to read one of the reviews? Yes. Okay. So Big Dog says, I've listened to Paul's podcast a couple of times. And every time I've listened to them, I've always been amazed at how good of an interviewer Paul is and how willing he is to sit back and listen to the responses of the guests he has on this show. It's easy to see that he truly desires to hear them out and give them a platform to speak from. Thanks, Big Dog, for leaving that review. Yeah, shout out to Big Dog. I appreciate the words of encouragement. And yes, if you are enjoying this show in Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you and hear some feedback. But now let's talk and introduce our guests. So Krishna spent 10 years as a special education teacher. She holds a bachelor's degree in psychology, a master's degree in education, and another master's degree in marriage and family counseling. Krishna is currently a work-from-home mom. She started a credit repair business where she serves over 100 people, helping them to achieve the American dream. Devin and Krishna share two genius boys, ages 12 and 8, and three Cocker Spaniels. And, of course, we have with her her husband, Devin Boone, currently an educational consultant and a licensed realtor in the great state of Mississippi, my home state. He holds multiple degrees from the one and only Liberty University and a master's degree in theological studies. Devin ministers at the Lighthouse Assembly of Believers in Jackson, Mississippi. So welcome to the show, Devin and Chris. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, good evening. Uh, we are delighted to be with you guys tonight, and we're ready to have a good time. Yeah, I can already tell from that intro that we are going to have a good time. And so this will bring the listener in. I don't like leaving y'all on the outside. I want to bring you guys in. We met the Boons at Mississippi College. I was doing ministry I started a ministry called Lighthouse Ministry, and I was ministering to college students at MC while I was a student. And I met them. I forgot what year, but we both was helping students to move in. And they have a ministry uh, that we share the same name. They uh, started the Lighthouse Assembly of Believers. And we just um, connected um, to use a, a church where we was knitted in the spirit. And they have been a huge um, a huge blessing to to us as a couple um, personally. And so we're so excited for you guys to hear their stories. Now, can you guys tell us how and when did you guys meet? Um, how? Okay. <laughs> so it was in 2005, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, 2005. So um, I had just moved to um, Tallahassee and I had transferred from, I think it was Weber University to Tallahassee Community College. I'm um, just trying to finish up my AA. 
and I was working two jobs, like um, just a hustler, you know, like I told you guys, uh, I admire you all um, because y'all hustle. And, and it's it's just a blessing to see young people do the same that what Devin and I were doing. But I was hustling, working McDonald's from, I think it was seven o'clock a.m. to 12 noon. I would go to class at TCC and then I would uh, go to Walmart overnight from like mm. six to six. And one night he came in with a mutual friend of ours and we kind of, it was funny because Devin kind of wasn't my type. And let me say this now with people being th- these types that you have, on, that right. may not be what God wants for you. Speak, um, now he is definitely my type now. No. Uh, we've been married for 14 <laughs> years, but yes, we met in Walmart. I was a cashier there and um, he walked up and he was just <laughs> speechless when he saw me. No, yeah, seriously. I was, okay? seriously. Yeah. And when our friend introduced us, all he could say was, Nice. Nice. And I was like, what kind of gentleman is this? You know, and so that's how Uh, we met. And um, we've been inseparable since. It was crazy. Of course, when meeting Chris, I planned on saying nice to meet you. That's the normal thing to say. But all that came out of my mouth was nice. And I felt really awkward at the time. I could see her facial expressions and everything. But it worked out well. We um, we had this this connection, and it was a beautiful thing. So uh, I was grateful for for my social blunder at the time, and uh, look at us now, right? Yep. Look at y'all now. That's kind of how Slim was when she met me. I just kind of took her breath away. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. In your mind. Moving right along. <laughs> so Devin, like, how did how did you know that Krishna was the one? And when I say the one. I use um quotations because the one to me is the one you married, but I digress off that um soapbox. But how did you know that she was the one? Well, I really just thought about it. I'm a thinker. I I, I really like to take time. You know, we have a lot of spare time in life, and I just thought about it, and I was amazed at how crazy she was about me. Uh, I thought about it. She was the one young lady who I felt would go as hard as my mom. Because my mom, when I was in school, you know, Florida A&M, she really fought a couple battles for me. And of course, through life, my mom would always be like my greatest champion, my greatest fighter. And I saw a lot of qualities in Krishna that was like, this young lady is crazy about me. She would go as hard for me as my mom. Heart just like she is so sold out to be there for me, and I just you know I, I told her today like I took a chance like you're going to be the craziest person in the world about Devin Boone and let's go let's do this. Mm-hmm. So it really didn't take you know it wasn't like a matter of a prayer or anything like that. Uh, I did have a conversation with God, of course, but at the same time like she just proved it. Mm, from okay. her actions, from what she did, uh, how she treated me, how she felt about me. And I just figured it didn't get any better than her. 
Hmm. That is so sweet. It's so sweet. I know. <laughs> it's real talk. Real talk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Miss Chris, how did you know that Devin was the one? Um, so when Devin mentioned that for him, prayer wasn't what he used to know that I was the one. Well, for me, it was prayer. So I had, and I'm just being real, just got out of a, re- a relationship. It was like a month and a half, two months. And I I was just, I had just really like God having a conversation with God. God, I just want to be all that you call me to be. I'm, I'm so big on just being what God wants me to be. I don't want any distractions unless, um, you know, it's that person, it's that one for me. And so when we met, um, I, I, I kid you guys not two weeks into it, he wanted to kind of, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's, mm-hmm. let's be exclusive. Let's it be me and you. And I was like, ah, pump the brakes. <laughs> I need to pray. And he looked at me like, are you crazy? You crazy? You know, you talking to me. Right. Like, you know, he the man. And yeah. so I was like, no. And honestly, I kind of pulled back because I felt like I had promised God, I made a promise to God that I wanted to focus on him and myself and just, it's just being who he wanted me to be. And y'all two weeks, you know, that those two weeks that I prayed and pulled back from Devin spending time with him, um, God told me Devin was the one. He told me Devin was oh, wow. my husband. And I say he told me, but you know, you can you can sense that spirit of peace when you pray for someone or you, you're talking to God about that person. There was a peace that surpasses all the understanding. And I knew that he was my husband. Now, I did not tell him that because I didn't want to, of course, scare him off. Right? Mm. If you tell somebody two weeks that you're my husband, I'm sure they're going to run. Okay. But I didn't tell him that. I just went with the flow. Um, and our relationship was really based off of me helping him get stronger in Christ. And that's, that's just real. Like we would pray together. We would Bible study. I required things from him and, um, it was like that. Yeah. And I can remember asking her, like, what did God say? Yeah. yeah. What did God say? Like just pester her to, to just get that confirmation. I was so excited about her. And I wanted us to be together. And I was praying more than ever, like, God, come on, man. <laughs> like, I need you to come through for me. On this. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> man. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing. So very excited about it. And uh, just, just grateful that, that God chose me. To, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And then how things worked out from just an awkward, socially awkward moment. For us to come together, be together, stay together, and continue to be together, and yeah. to accomplish all that we have, of course, for His for His glory. So it's amazing. Yeah, and that is a beautiful story indeed. And I just want to say to the ladies, like, did y'all hear that? That Chris re- had something that she required of Devin, and. Mm-hmm. Fellas, did y'all hear that? How Devin was very intentional in pursuing her and wasn't like a lot of confusion there. He let her know up front. So it is December, man. This has been a long year, a year to remember or a year to forget, depending on how you look at it. But God has been faithful nonetheless. And so the holidays are here. We ate the turkey for Thanksgiving. The holidays are here. But as a married couple, like how do y'all handle the holidays? Like, 
which family do y'all visit when and just just kind of walk us through that okay so for us uh, my family my dad um who i spend more uh, most time with my dad my brothers they're in rochester new york and so since we've been married we alternate holidays um and so like two in 2017 i think we were in rochester um uh, for thanksgiving we're here this year I think we were here last year as well. So it kind of just varies on what's going on. So Devin's family every other year for Christmas does this big, um, what is it called? It's, it's, it's like a family reunion, basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. So nope. we always try to make that, you know, his Christmas time with his family. And then we'll do Christmas with my family. But it's honestly communication like we it's we're big on communication okay what are we going to do this year and we don't wait up until you know thanksgiving time to decide because but because of course we have to buy tickets and things like that but for the majority of our time we spend here in mississippi because of course the distance with uh my family so right um but it's just kind of communication with us but we we really try our best to spend time with both our families um, because we know that's important. Right. It's very important to be as fair as possible. Uh, you know, you think of, you look at equity and equity is important in marriage. You can't have things to be one sided to where you spend every holiday at mm-hmm. one particular spouse's their their family. Or you only go to one spouse's family for different occasions. So very, very mindful of that and considering the fact that uh, I joke around sometimes and say, like, I met Chris in Florida, and I just kind of like, come on, you come back to Mississippi with me, and I have her isolated here to some degree. Very mindful of her connection with her family in Rochester. When she's ready to go, hey, let's 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 go to Rochester. All right, let's, I miss my family. Let's go do this. We'll do that. Uh, so you just got to be very mindful and fair, and you can't be one-sided. So that's just really how you know, our holidays or play it out. There was so much wisdom in that. I hope you guys out there are paying attention. They said they're big on communication. Uh, so please don't miss that. I know for us, normally for Thanksgiving, we would, you know, just travel with just, you know, just us. And the last two Thanksgivings, we went to Thanksgiving, but this past Thanksgiving, we spent it um, with our family in Mississippi and Louisiana. And then for Christmas, we call it the the tri-state, the tri-city tour that we do. We go to Louisiana, Mississippi, and then Memphis, Tennessee. And it, it works out because the, the big holiday for my wife is Christmas Eve. Eve, Christmas Eve, yes. <laughs> and then for, for our family, the big day is Christmas Day because normally when we're my parents being pastors, we have a church service. So that, that works out where we're able to go um, – be with her family, uh, our family, on uh, Christmas Eve, and then with mine um, on Christmas Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And so we're lucky that, you know, we're not that far apart. Like, our family in Louisiana and mine in Mississippi are like two and a half hours away. And so we do we do what works for us, and that's kind of what we're hearing from y'all's story. we got to do what works for y'all and to build that yeah. equity in both families. Yeah. yeah. It's very important. You can't have that bitterness or resentment. You know, you don't want to be – uh, in a situation where your spouse is feeling some type of way because you always go to, you know, your parents' houses on the full of holidays. Come on, and, be real. And it can cause a lot of strife. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's real. 
That's real. That's real. So speaking of family, let's talk in-laws. What in, what advice or encouragement would you give to those that maybe are having a hard time with their in-laws or not having a hard time? What in-law advice would you give us? I would say pray, like keep God on the main line. <laughs> so it, it's it's funny. And I think I can say this because of growth. Um, when Devin and I first got married, um, we had a little issue uh, with, you know, my, my in-law, my specifically my mother-in-law, simply because this is her baby. Devin is the baby. And I came, we, we got married fairly kind of early. I say we were, we dated 10 months, got married on our 11th month. And, you know, I just, I met her one time. That's not early. That is early for some people. Um, I think the issue was, I know we're going to get to the question. I think the issue was simply that they didn't really know you like that. I was was getting there. I met his mom one time before we got married one time. And so I think she approved of me just by meeting me because we spent some time together. But what happened was two weeks, two weeks after we got married, Devin had his second brain surgery. Mm -hmm. So second brain surgery. The first brain surgery was a week after we got engaged. So mom was there by herself with him. Mom, dad, his family was there. I was in Tallahassee. The second brain surgery was two weeks after we got married. So I'm a 21 year old, I mean, woman just married. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Lord, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to lose my husband at 21. This is what was going on my in my head. So I wanted to spend as much time as I can, could with Devin. So I was at the hospital. We had, I had to drive Devin to, um, we were living in Ocean Springs. So I had to drive him from Ocean Springs to Jackson. He was in the hospital there. And so his wife wanted to be in the room with him. Well, mom wanted to be in the room with them, rightfully so. It's her baby. She took care of him the first time. So it caused a lot of strife strife <laughs> with us, tension. It yeah. was, it was, it was bad, y'all, for a while. But that is my, I can honestly say today, she's almost like my best friend. Like I call her more than I than Devin calls her. You know, and she she called yesterday and she was joking, like, oh, you acting funny. You know, you ain't call me. You used to call me. So it, it prayer. We're 14 years in, and I can say that my mother-in-law is like my best friend. Um, you know, I can I can talk to her about anything, but that took a lot of prayer, y'all. It took a lot of me crying, me getting upset with Devin, um, just a lot of stuff. So honestly, if you have a relationship with God and you're having some issues with in-laws, um, I would definitely suggest prayer and being open, you know, being open to sitting down with my mother-in-law saying, look, let's put it on the table. You know, you love Devin. Yes. I love Devin. Yes. We can't love them the same, but we love them. So let's respect each other and our love for each other. So him or whatever. Yeah. So in the words of my father-in-law, uh, he, he has this quote from our Bible study every night, trust in the Lord, be patient 
and wait because the situation with in-laws is that uh, you have to understand that when you get married, all of a sudden, uh, you know, especially for a young man marrying a young lady, that young lady has been daddy's little, you know, princess or mama's little baby for 20 something odd years, right? And then all of a sudden they have to trust you to, you know, take care of of their little baby, their precious daughter, whatever, and vice versa for for you know the young man, what have you. So it can, it kind of takes some time to feel each other out to you kind of are um in some degree possibly under the microscope to see how do you treat you know the the someone else's child right does that make sense what I'm saying? yeah 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 so so i think once in-laws realize you love their child or you love their brother or their sister or their cousin whatever they'll come around and they'll see uh that the love is real and genuine and things will be fine uh it's just often it's just a matter of time and as that individual you have to have that perspective to think about it like i am this new person <laughs> that's been interjected in a family yeah and it took me a while to get that because i was young so i just wanted my husband and i didn't really you know i wasn't concerned about anything else now i knew that it was my mother-in-law's child, but it was like, I'm 21. My husband just had surgery. I want to be able to show that I can take care of him. So for us, it, it, it all worked itself out in the end. Um, but it took, it took us some time, um, to get to this point that we're in now. Yeah. But God did it. God. God Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Most of Man, let me tell y'all who marriage y'all just put into perspective. Ours, do you hear me? Thanks. Wow. I mean, I like wow. Seriously, you just literally put that into perspective on both sides, honestly, because I've also been in the situation with my mother-in-law. Real people, real talk, baby. <laughs> and my husband, um what was it? The first year of the marriage, our marriage, all that went down. I mean, yeah. a little. It was a little before. During, I mean, that first year, I I was like, "Am I gonna make it through this?" Yep. I mean, I was like, "Oh my goodness, am I gonna make it through?" I was, I cried a bunch of times. Like we've had conversations. It was a few times I was like, "Are we gonna be able to go home for uh, breaks and stuff?" It was just like. I was so confused about what I was supposed to be doing and how I was supposed to be doing it. And so you literally just put that into perspective for me. And then like, even from the other perspective of Paul having to take care of me, um, like from my perspective, my father isn't living anymore and he hasn't been living for a while now. Uh, He died when I was in high school. And so at that point, all of my uncles stepped up to the plate. And so when Paul came in the picture, it wasn't just one dad. It was like five of them. And so. What's your heart, Paul? (laughs) Okay. I'm going to chime in in a minute. (laughs) It was like five of them. And I mean, you held your own. I feel like you held your own, but we did have some, we had some battles to where he was like, "Uh uh-uh, like I'm not okay with this. And, we really, we really had to talk a lot of the stuff y'all just said out. It's so, 
It's so uh, crazy because I guess I looked at it in the same perspective. I was like, well, this is my husband and the Bible says leave and cleave. So Ooh, I said that. Like, <laughs> where, like where are we going to stand? So absolutely. Man, if this conversation wasn't for nobody else already, it was for me. Oh, wow. Well, I would say I would answer that. I'm sorry, Chris, you want to say something? No, I was saying praise God. Yeah, I'm almost like I wish I would ask you guys this question sooner, maybe like not necessarily on the air, but just kind of get your perspective because mm-hmm. it um, it took a lot of prayer, a lot of communication, and a lot of humility. So we just gonna keep it real, and then when we go back and listen, we may edit or not. So we okay. just we just gonna keep it real. But <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. really it was really tough because like sometimes her family members would say something and it would just like it would just irk me. They would say stuff like, um, "You better take care of her or or else," and I'm like. Bro, like I, I love her, but at the same time, yeah. I will, I will, I try to be, I try to be self-aware. So I will put myself in their shoes, um, as the cousin or as the uncle, and knowing that her dad is gone, and like really want her to be spoken for. So it took a lot of humility on my end to realize that you know they were speaking from a place of love, and so we're at a point now that hope you know at this point they should be. You know, and they haven't lately, but at this point they shouldn't be saying those things. It's pretty obvious that you know I love her and I'm taking care of her. But yeah, that that first year it was tough for me. It was hard that leave and cleave. Like here I am, I've been my identity is with my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother. We're the Calcoats. But now, according to the Bible, my wife is now first in my in my life, and so yeah. that was a real hard switch for me. Like from my parents being first to like my wife being first. Um, that was just new for me and like had to not had to, but I took my wife wife's side, like in, in the argument, had to, you know, send it to my parents. And that caused <laughs> that caused uh some trouble. And but once again, a lot of prayer, mm-hmm. a lot of communication, a lot of humility, um, forgiveness, uh I'm sorry. And I mean that's a part of life. We are sinners saved by grace, and because of Jesus, we are the righteousness of God. But we're still in the process of sanctification. So I love the Lord. I love my wife. Uh, my parents love the Lord. They love us. But still, we have some we have some conflict um, temporarily. And I'm glad that God has brought us to um, to where we are now because mm-hmm. uh, it got bad. It, yeah. it, was, it was pretty bad. And I just we kind of leave it at that. <laughs> and that's a good point I, I, because. In, in ministry, one of the, the main points that I always try to, to stress when teaching is that, like, the Bible is a guide for us, you know, and we are so imperfect. I, I don't care what your title is, who you are, or how great you are. Like, the best we can do is pretty good, you know, because <laughs> even Jesus Christ said, like, like, don't call me good. No one's good except the Father. Like, we all fall short. And although the Bible is our God and we should be doing this and we should be doing that and parents should respect this and respect that, like we miss the mark all the time. You know, we, it, and it's just we have to understand and, and be patient with one another uh, and look through the lens of someone else. You know, so to say uh, for an in-law who was, I'm sure, in our shoes at one point, like, He's trying to be the best husband that he can be. Or she's trying to be the best wife that she can be. And in this very, very early stage in their marriage, we need to be supportive more than anything. You know, but 
oftentimes that is not the case. So we just have to continue to uh, just pray and um, just learn and also just be encouraged. Like to, for us to talk about this tonight, the scripture does remind us that the same things that you're going through, somebody, people all over the world are going through the same stuff. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. I just want to be clear here, and it should be obvious, but we love our in-laws. Like yeah. it's to the point that <laughs> I remember from my um, my graduation, when I graduated seminary, like her family, before they was my family, they showed up. I mean, it's probably was more of them than, than my own family. But just like with the marriage, it's a process of becoming one. The Bible says the two shall become one. It's the becoming that's the hard part. And because yeah. you have you know, two families are coming together. So it's not just me and my wife becoming one, but the families as they're sharing us, they're becoming one as well. Mm-hmm. And it's only, it's a natural reaction. There's going to be some type of friction. So we just keeping it all the way 100. And on top of that, kind of similar to what Chris said about Devin, like I'm the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. Slim is the baby of the family. And I wouldn't dare call her spoiled. She was just well taken care of. Exactly. <laughs> right. You got to know the difference. Exactly. And with those, with that dynamic, both of us being the babies of the family, we had to, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I had to work through a lot of selfishness. I was used to be in the center of, the, of uh, attention and things of that sort. And so we just had to, <laughs> we had to work through that. So, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't say that. I had to work through any selfishness. I mean, I guess I did, but um, I guess being the baby girl, I was the baby girl for a long time. And then uh, like in my family, me, it's just me and my brother. So I am the baby girl for uh, my mother. But like I was the baby girl of the family, like my grandmother's children's children for uh, a while until my cousin Delaney came on the scene. But even then, like I can call my grandmother right now and uh, she has dementia. So she might not remember my name at all times, but she going to remember that I'm her baby girl. So Mm. it's just I think we had to both learn like, oh, goodness, like we both the babies. And then we came from like we're both black, but we came from two different types of families. Facts. And so we had to understand like, oh, just because I'm marrying a black guy doesn't mean like we're going to be doing the same things. Our families yeah. are doing the same things. That's just not how it works. So just knowing um, you guys' story has really been so encouraging because I do love my in-laws so very much. And I just know that that first year, I know it was hard on Paul. It was hard on me. It was hard on them. Like, And we had to have that sit-down conversation where we were like, okay, so let's talk this out. And how are we going to get through this? Like, How are we going to get past this? Because I am a big talker when it comes down to um, being upset and in my feelings, I guess. I like to talk through it after I've had some time to be very, very silent and quiet. To myself, I like to talk through it after I've prayed about it because I don't want to stay in the same situation where I'm at right now. Like, I, I didn't want to be in that situation. I was like, this is not for me. I'm not here for this. So let's figure out what we got to do to get back on the right side of right. Wow. Absolutely. Yep. And before we, we move on, like, you guys could probably pick up on this, but this is like our first time sharing about this. Uh, publicly mm-hmm. but we um as we was like going through the questions 
I kind of uh, text my wife and say, all right, let's be real. Let's keep it real because people can learn so much from our weaknesses. And when we are transparent and vulnerable, people can relate to that. And right now we no longer call our in-laws in-laws. They're our in-laws because we um, love them so much. So um, y'all have been married for 14 years. You guys are pastors, parents, um, <laughs> entrepreneurs. How do y'all keep the fire burning and prioritize your marriage? Well, we keep we keep, keep taking, taking the, the medicine. medicine. All right, there, there we go. So I'll kind of explain what that means, yeah, and we'll to. go into it. Like we are, we pride ourselves ourselves on taking the medicine. So, and Devin's going to kind of explain to y'all kind of where we got that from. Yeah. yeah. And um, you go ahead. You go ahead. All right. So I'm going to try to be short and sweet with it. All right. So to say, keep taking the medicine. Uh, if you are walking around in the in the universe and you have a you're sick, right? Let's say you have high blood pressure. All right. So uh, your spouse, they are the prescription. They're the medicine. God says, hey, you have high blood pressure. We're going to give you this drug called or this medicine called lisinopril or in my case, Krishna or in her case, Devin. So the cure for your loneliness and the cure for your void and your life, whatever that might be, is your spouse. All right. So whatever it is that Devin does or Krishna does. Is there's being sweet, open the car door, if it's cooking, cleaning, telling funny jokes, dancing, whatever that might be, or the intimacy, the love of intimacy, whatever it is that convince you to say, I want to marry this I wanna, person. Yeah, I'm going to buy. You got to continue to do in order to keep that person. So that's what right. keeps the fire burning. Say that. Right. So for, for, for me, it I know like... When we were dating, I was fixing plates. I wish I wouldn't have started. I'm so that. glad you did. Um, that's something he will not let me Ooh, stop. Like that's stop. something that I have to keep taking the medicine because that makes him happy. Um, for for him, I would say, and I've kind of let him get away with uh, um, this. But opening car car doors when we were dating, Devin opened car doors. When we didn't have uh, children, Devin opened car doors. But it's like when we started having children and yeah, I mean, time he'll just get out to keep the car. Won't. So now what I've started doing, y'all, is I won't get out the car until you come. Ooh. And I don't care if we're in a rush. I'm not getting out of the car until you come and open my door because I want him to understand, like, you can't stop doing what you did to get, to get me. Right. That's good. And I look at you like you're crazy, like, come on, get out. The- yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> but that's how we keep the fire bur- burning um, or the flame burning. Yeah. We just keep taking the medicine. And Devin will, I can tell when something's bothering him and he can tell the same. And I, I will have to stop sometimes and like, look, let's have a conversation. Something. Mm-hmm. It ain't, we ain't, I'm not feeling you right now. You're not feeling me. Let's sit down and have a conversation. And we don't honestly that scripture that says, "Don't let the sun go down on your wrath." Yeah, is that it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yes, we that is huge for us. For so for us, touching feet. That's it. Is our thing. Like Devin, <laughs> he is not going out. Like like we're gonna touch feet at night, <laughs> and if we don't, we're gonna sit up in the bed and we're gonna talk about it. What is it? What's going on? You know, and so that's what keep us going is just remembering those things. Now, are we perfect? Do mm. we get it always right? No. no. 
but we try our best because we understand that he, I understand that Devin has needs and right. we understand that I had those needs. And I think you want to speak on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be very, very, uh, uh, it has to be important to make sure, first of all, that your spouse is happy and satisfied. That is the key. No one, uh, you know, I harp all the time about fairy tales. I'm not a big fan of fairy tales, like the Cinderella's and the Disney movies at the end where, you know, uh, the two live happily ever after, right? And and you just think in your mind, like, that's it. They're going to live happily ever after. But there is nothing that we can see that shows the work that goes into that. Yeah. Right? It, it, it takes something to keep people happy. And it's very important that no matter what it is, you know, whatever their love language is, uh, that you make it your business, okay, to try to keep your spouse as happy as possible because we're very, very aware of the world we live in. Uh, it is not easy from everything you look at, you from social media to even going to the store. You know, uh, the enemy Satan, Lucifer, the devil, the world, whatever you want to say, not really excited about a happy marriage. When you agree, mm-hmm. honey. I agree. <laughs> so I agree. everything that the world can do to try to tempt you or lure you or to help you to fall or stumble, that, that's going to take place. But we know that God has warned us in his word, like, hey, just take care of each other. Keep each other happy to prevent that type of thing from going on. So it has to be a priority. You got to be smart. And on top of that, like I was telling Chris earlier today, I'm very grateful that she looks how she did when I first saw her in Tallahassee. <laughs> like I see her, I've, I'm still like, nice. Yes. Like, check you out. So I was joking with her earlier. After two children and three dogs, like she's really, <laughs> you know, held herself together. She's held it down. And and that's important. You you want to make sure you take care of yourself and and you just keep that fire going because besides the world, you, you know, you got kids and dogs and jobs, but you got to stop and say, well, hey, baby, how are you? And yep. you need a massage or, or oh, you look nice, compliment each other. So that's important. Absolutely. Y'all dropping so much wisdom right now because I you said some stuff that made me think about this, like Hollywood and the romantic comedies has really done us a disservice. They always end on a good note and the music is, you know, high and upbeat and the person they have fallen in love and maybe they have even gotten married, but Hollywood doesn't show us like the process of staying in love. And that's like the, the, the messy part of marriage that keeps you guys together. Like I feel like it's easy to stay in love, but it takes work. It takes effort. It takes intentionality to stay in love. As my mom would say, like love, it's not just a feeling, but it's an action. It's an action verb. We got to put some action behind it. Absolutely. You have to. And sometimes you have to do things you don't really feel like it. I remember this book. We would read the boys growing up. And one of the things, it's like this really bad kid. Not really bad, but you know, our kids are. And and, and the mom was telling the kid, like, I love you without liking the naughty things you do. You have to be so in love with your spouse that 
when they do something you don't like or they don't do something that you do like, that you like, you know what? Well, I still love you. Yeah. I'm still in love with you. Come here. Let me give you a hug. Let me give you a kiss. Let's rub feet at the end of the night. Like love overcomes all, right? And we have that true love, that genuine love, and God is right there in the midst of whatever you have going on. It's, it's going to be just fine. I do want to say this. Um, the, the question um, about um, uh, how do we keep the fire burning and prior to, prioritize our marriage? For me, in addition to all what Devin said, keeping uh, putting Devin first is what keeps me, him putting me first, me putting him first, and then that's real joy. And I think, I don't know who said this before. Somebody told, told us this, mm. but jo- real joy is Jesus first, others second, yourself last, right. and you get real joy. And I have stuck by that. I fix Devin's plates first. I make sure he's taken care of, and he does the same for me, except for the plate. Like, he ain't, he ain't about to fix my plate. Unless you ask. Unless I ask. But when you want to show out in front of your friends. Right. <laughs> he he is my, other than Jesus, Jesus is the priority, Paul. I remember you uh, taught us that, and it, it has been, it has stuck with us since you taught that lesson. Um, but Jesus first. My husband is next, and then of course my kids, and then myself. But that that right there is real joy for me, making sure that he's happy, and and, and those boys are happy, and of course at the end of the day I'm happy. So um, that's real joy for me, and that's how I prioritize our marriage. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, same here. Uh, it, that has to be the case. God first, you know. Then you sacrifice to put Chris, her needs, her desires. Uh, then, of course, the boys and going down myself last. Knowing that Chris, the boys, Chris and the boys are happy. Like, I'm I'm straight. That's good. That's good. If you're out there like me and you know this couple, you know that what they're saying right now is 100%. Like, even just knowing them for a little bit, you'll know that they put each other first and then next comes their boys. I mean, hashtag relationship goals, seriously, <laughs> because now when we were in college, this is just a random story, but whenever we were in college and me, Janelle and Sierra were always together, we're like, dog. They, they relationship goals, y'all. Like, that's what we need to get. Like, like they relationship goals. That's what we try to reach. Because y'all were just so cute. And we was like, oh, they just so cute. Oh. We used to love it. It's so eat sweet it up. to know. We used wow. to eat it up. We was like, y'all, like, they are relationship goals, like, for real. Like, they're so Lord sweet to God. each other. Like, just the way that y'all would talk to each other and how y'all would treat each other. We were like, we want to get there. We definitely want to get there. <laughs> and babe, before you, before you like ask the next question, I believe in like giving people their flowers. Now, um, I'll too often people will wait to like a funeral and say, this is how this person affected me. But I'm so grateful, um, for the boons. And I remember when we first got married, um, it took us out to eat. What was that fish place in, in Mississippi? I remember them taking us out to eat. Uh, they would 
um, support our ministry, Lighthouse Ministries. They would come over there and preach. And then they invited me to preach there. And then they may not want me sharing this because they, they're very humble, but they even um, helped me financially when I was in seminary. And so um, before we go on, I just want to publicly say that we love y'all and we really do thank God for y'all. Seriously. Oh, we love you we love all y'all too. As, wow. as well. And I'm, I must say, I got to give props to my wife that uh, she is great to marry someone who helps you can be strong when you're weak. Right. I hope, I hope that makes a lot of sense. So sometimes I get so caught up, I get my head like on the ground, like hustle, hustle, grind, grind, grind. And I don't think about stuff sometimes, but I just trust her to know. She was like, baby, I sent something. I took care of that. I arranged this. Don't you worry about it. Like I have it taken care of as an extension of our family. Like we're one. So I just, it's like, oh, wow, baby, I appreciate you. I thank you for being that extension, being taken care of for us. So in my, like, laser focus on things, maybe here or whatever, like, she just takes care of stuff. And I really appreciate pre- appreciate you for that, honey. Wow. Glory to God. So what do y'all have going on as it relates to your businesses? So I'll start. So um, like my bio said, I taught for 10 years. I was a special education teacher and I had just been my husband, I think, jokingly told me um, years ago (laughs) that I can be a stay at home mom at some point in our marriage. So um, we got to that point. um, I think it was just I know it was God. Um, Pandemic happened. Um, and we decided that it would be best for me um, to stay at home. And so I was really excited about it. Wasn't planning on doing anything but staying at home, making sure those boys eat, making sure Devin has some food, just really taking care of the house, taking care of Devin's needs, almost kind of being like Devin's assistant um, with his real estate stuff. And so um, that's what I was going to do. And then Devin would get so frustrated that the clients that would call wouldn't be ready. Like he was like, how can I help these people? I really want to help them get a house. Like, what can I do? It's always credit that's holding them up. So I was like, what you need me to do? And he was like, well, maybe you should look into credit repair or something like that. So I did, I took the course. Um, actually, I'm, I am a board certified credit repair specialist, Nationally. national board yeah. certified. Okay. So I put in a lot of work with um, studying and, and trying to get better. And so I started my business um, in, in um, April of this year. And when I tell you God has been, I don't know, I, I just sometimes I can't even explain how good God is. Um, I can't put it into words. Come on, testify. Yes. And yeah. so from April to to December, what is it, November, 100, over 100 clients. And I've gotten to the point where I can't accept anybody else because I'm one person and I haven't hired anybody. And then I'm shifting gears as well um, to some other things that God is kind of pushing me to. So I have Boom Credit Solutions. Um, I am on Facebook. Um, and that I might, I might be able to add a few more people. Um, it just depends, but, um, 
you know, I'm just, like I said, it's, it's overwhelming um, of how God has, has blessed Boone Credit Solutions. So that's what I do. Yeah, that's amazing. And to see her work is amazing. It's, it's a thing of beauty, uh, how she manages the business and home. It's, it's like, wow, I'm in awe. So uh, for myself, of course, I'm an educational consultant, and that is an interesting job right now. Of course, in the middle of a pandemic, right. uh, we, we started out doing a lot of virtual trainings to help teachers and administrators figure out how can we teach students effectively uh, in the middle of a pandemic. So that's been pretty, pretty cool. Uh, we do still go to some schools and we try to help. But uh, really been successful with real estate. Uh, real estate was something that you know, I, I felt was going to be something that's going to be a complement to doing the consulting. But when the pandemic hit, God was like, oh, here you go. You know, it's kind of like now's the time. Let's see what you got. And it has been an amazing journey. I'll just say that God has done what he's famous for. Come on now. <laughs> in my come life, on. when it is comes to real estate. So uh, the first brokerage I was with, things went really well. Uh, and it kind of, it, it's crazy good because selling your first house is like, congratulations, you've done something that some people don't do within their first year. But from April until now or November, I think I'm on my, well, God's blessed me to sell. I think we're about at 11 properties at this point. Come on, God. And within, within how many months is that? Seven months. So already have become a million dollar producer, which I'm extremely excited about. Uh, and just, it, it just, uh, yeah, it's, it's really hard to come up with words because <laughs> we're in a system. Um, I, I have this, this system that God, ble- he, God bless you with ideas, right? How to continue to have things to happen. Right. And just for instance, today, uh, had four new clients called, you know, they want houses, like houses, houses as well. Today, um, had a commercial property, a convenience store that I listed today, just got the contract signed on it today to list it. And within an hour from my broker signing off on the paperwork, I had clients to come in and to have an accept the offer on the very same property. <laughs> so the one hour, my client, I listed the convenience store for, he had a deal and we walked away. He's like, man, I just can't even comprehend what has taken place. All he could do is shake his head and point to point point to the heavens. I'm like, God. Yeah. Yeah. That is to me the definition of a power couple. And I know sometimes in society, people, when they think power couple, they automatically think like celebrity status or they think like multimillionaires, et cetera. But to me, a power couple is two people, a husband and wife committed to God, committed to each other, walking in purpose, supporting each other, complimenting each other and together being all that God has called them to be. Yes. Man. And so, y'all, I I will vouch for them. (laughs) They are good people. And I love how their businesses complement one another so they can help you with your credit and the home where you literally can live out the true American dream 
right there in the Magnolia state of Mississippi. So I'll be sure to leave their contact information and their links in the show notes for my Mississippi listeners can um, connect with them and do business with them. But before my wife asked the last question as an NBA fan, I have to bring this up and ask you about your experience as Chris, your brother and Devin, your brother-in-law was drafted number 16 in this year, 2020 NBA draft. And y'all was there. I was um, watching from social media and y'all was fly. Right. But like, how would you put that experience? Yeah. Y'all was fly. Like, man, look at them. Hashtag goals. How would y'all put that experience into words? Oh man. It was so ex- drippy. It was exciting. <laughs> like, like honestly, yeah. it's hard to put into words. Um, I was, I was, we were talking about yeah. the question, and and I was like, I don't know how to explain. Again, this is God's. This is God. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you read my post before my brother got drafted. It was a prayer. And then it was saying how 29 weeks when the pandemic hit, um, God, you know, kind of instructed Devin and I and to, to do Bible study with my brother. And he was on, he was game. He was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So we would do Bible study with him. And then we transitioned to um, it was every night to the boys joining us. And then my dad and my other brother joining us. So for 29 weeks, we 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 per, helped prepare him for that moment. Um, and, and, and it's not about us. It's not definitely not, not about us. My brother is a hard worker. Like just, it's crazy. Last night we were doing Bible study and he was on the floor, like doing hundred pushups and all kind of crazy uh, stuff. And I'm like, dude, what you doing right now? He's like, I'm just working out trying to get some, you know? And so he's a hard worker. So it's all about him, but to be there and to experience that, was amazing it was amazing um incredible it was incredible yeah 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 um it what because me you know i'm like background guy just let me just chill out right but to experience that uh even in the hotel you know we're staying there in manhattan this rc farsa area right uh and then he came down chris was you were i think chilling with pops right yeah and he came down in his draft night suit for his photo shoot. He walked out looking all GQ and stuff. And I could hear like this, this soundtrack, like do 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 you know, and everybody with these cameras and stuff. And here I am with his his nephews, right? Our boys, they're just their mouths just like <sighs> like there's um, you know, and for them to have that experience and to be there in, in the Rock Nation building. And this all this this champagne and all this like the party, it was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It was an OMG type of experience. And to know that there, I can't think of anyone who else in the world deserves it more. Yes. Because his work ethic, his love for God, and then the fact that that is inspiration to our boys, uh, like to say, look, son, you can see it can be done. And we can be back here in six years and we be, we'll be back right. in another 10 for Carter. So let's get it done. 
most definitely. Yeah. So thank you uh, for being willing to, to indulge that question and just kind of <laughs> bring me in because I'm a huge fan of basketball and the NBA, and I watch some um, Isaiah Isaiah games. So, and this conversation has been so awesome, and so about to to land this plane. Land okay. This plane. Now, lastly. How do you go from surviving to thriving as it relates to marriage? Okay. So I think what is very, very important to go from surviving to thriving is finding out what works. Once you find out what works for your marriage, what makes you successful is then repeating that. So keeping each other first. Let's sacrifice. Well, God first, and then then your spouse. Uh, making sure your spouse is happy and satisfied. Making sure that you are continuing to take the medicine. If you do that for the first week, and you find out, oh, we're happy. You do that for the first month. You do it for the first year. Then keep repeating that process. And you aren't just trying to hang on. You are thriving while others may do whatever they're doing, you stay focused on God, stay focused on your spouse, and then stay focused on your happiness and maintaining that, then you are thriving in the midst of whatever might come your way. And that is the key. Uh, it might be kind of repetitive or where it's a cycle, but I don't mind a happy cycle. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I don't Amen. mind come on. knowing that my wife is fine, she's happy, she's good, things are well taken care of, our finances are straight. We still like each other. Mm-hmm. We still can shoot some basketball. We still can play cards. We still can talk. We still, like, I don't mind doing that. I don't mind having open, like, you know my passwords. I know your passwords. You can pick up my phone. I can pick up your phone. Like, that's cool. So once you find out what works, keep doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. And I, I agree with this 100% because I've done it for 14 years. And so it, it works for us. Just keep taking the medicine, keep loving each other, keep putting each other first. And we are thriving. Indeed, y'all are, man, Devin, Chris, um, thank y'all um, so much for hopping on the podcast and not just adding value to my dear listener who I affectionately call a thriver. Also adding value personally to my wife and I and our marriage. So thank you so much for joining the show. Absolutely. Y'all You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Call and text us anytime. Like we're here. That's what we're here for. So to my dear listener, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really hope that this episode has added value to your day. And so why don't you text this link to your favorite person so that so they can have some value to their day as well. Um, next Wednesday, we are talking about the power of the pause because too often um, we live very busy, fast paced life. So we're going to talk about the benefits of rest and why it's essential. But until then, go and be all that God has called you to be. And we out.